Hello and welcome to the Movie Quest podcast. You join us at the finale of our Western animation season. And why I'm joined here this evening for the second time round recording this episode by Ant. Hello. And Aaron. Hi. Hello. Are you able just to give our listeners a very brief idea of why we're doing this for the second time? Well, it's because we love the film so much, isn't it, that we wanted to yeah, go through and, rec- and record this twice. Let's just do two podcasts <laughs> worth, just to really, really hone in how much we enjoyed Anna Melissa. No, what happened is, um, the last time we tried to record this, um, there were various par cuts that occurred in the Stockport area, which meant that my audio was gone. And normally... We have a backup, but we forgot. We forgot to do the backup. You know, funny. So here we are. My wife was listening to uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox episode, yeah, and she was laughing to herself because it was the day after that we'd recorded last week, and that we'd obviously had the power cut. <laughs> and in in the podcast, we were saying, "Oh yeah, we, we're definitely going to always record a backup in the future, just to make sure like nothing's going to mm. happen again. Never going to never going to forget." And then she was having a good laugh to herself because uh, we we forgot. So yeah, we we were we were like ten minutes from the end of the episode, yeah. and we were we we pulled out some of the winners for for who was going to win, and you know we were getting towards that time of completing the season. But yeah, no, here we are again. So if this episode does sound a little bit rehearsed. Uh, yes. <laughs> rehearsed or manufactured it's yeah. not it was paid nah, for we're, um, we're, trying, we're trying to keep it fresh we're trying, trying to keep it fresh so and is there anything that you've been watching recently you'd like to tell us about <laughs> <laughs> well actually last week I think I, I think I think I talked more about WandaVision but actually I'm going to leave that people have already probably heard about it enough it's really good um, but this week I watched a new film that came out on Netflix with my wife uh, it just come out I think it was in the last week or so called The Dig Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's um, a film set in Suffolk, England, and it's basically the premise. Is, so, so it stars uh, Kerry Mulligan uh, and uh, Ralph Fiennes and uh, Lily James, uh, the main three uh, actors. And basically, it, it, it sort of surrounds um, just just before the war. There's a, a lady uh, who uh, owns this huge uh, sort of like mansion or whatever. It's like a sort of classic uh not not quite downton abbey but not far off uh sort of uh, house and grounds and on the grounds are these giant hills that are sort of like people you know i've spoke about it in the past as being like burial ground or like um some sort of like uh some archaeologically archaeological sort of significance but they've never to, to, to you know to everyone, everyone's understanding they've never been dug up apart from maybe some grave robbers or whatever uh, and she hires a well a, an excavator who's not an archaeologist but he he basically is an untrained archaeologist to come in and um and start digging and figure out what's what's underneath them on the mound and it's just sort of the the film is ba- it's based on a true story and it's basically them discovering what's there and um also with a backdrop of world war Two beginning and how that interplays with the uh, characters and the you know some of the men in the in the in the film who have to go to war and stuff. So yeah, it's um it's re- it's very good. It's very sort of a, it's not too 
super exciting or anything. It's quite a slow and methodical sort of uh, film. You sort of get to plenty of time to sit with the characters, enjoy them, um, and like enjoy the countryside. It's beautiful to look at. Like the way it's shot, it captures a lot of the beauty of the of the south uh, of England. And yeah, it's like really nicely well and well done. Ralph Fiennes is amazing in it. He plays this uh, the, the archaeologist or excavator. He's always got a pipe. He's always smoking a pipe, and he's always pottering about. And he's like, he's like this guy who's never he, he left school at twelve, and he's like completely self-taught. His name's um, Basil Brown, uh, and it's all based on true stories. It's quite quite fascinating. I really recommend it if you're uh, into that sort of thing. Can I tell you a tedious linking anecdote? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So basically, one of the companies that I work with, uh, the guy lives near where they filmed the dig. And he was telling me about this the other week. Um, he sent me some samples of product uh, on Saturday and I was out. And the product went to um, the Royal Mail Post Office in Huddersfield Town Centre. I went to collect it yesterday. So four days after the fact, not knowing that he'd sent it. You any idea what it what it could be? Oh, four days after. Was it something yeah. that's gone a bit dodge? Um, in the post. Mm, yes, yes, definitely. I mean, is it, is it like a cream, like a, like a chocolate eclair or something? I don't know, I have no idea. Like some sort of dairy item. No? It's chilled crab meat. Oh. So he sent me oh. a parcel of chilled crab meat uh, <laughs> and I was out. So I, went, I, went, I had to go to the post office to pick this up. He put it in like two bubble wrapped bags with chiller nope. blocks inside it, hoping for it nope. to get to me chilled. Nope. And it was pretty warm, well, considering it being like minus no, temperatures no. last week. So I had this thing come through, not knowing that he'd sent it. Went down, I was like, what on earth could this be? Open it up, and it's all just uh-huh. like things have uh-huh. now gone off crab meat. Does it stink? So, um, uh, well, they've not, they're not seeping through the, um, oh, right, the okay. packaging just yet. Right. But um, yeah, so... Close call there, close call. Then, yeah, obviously not... You could have Directly. had some really like angry post people looking at you like, what are you doing? What, <laughs> yeah. why, why are you sending rotten crab meat? <laughs> yeah, of all the things. But uh, yeah, I say it's very tediously linked to the dig, only that it was filmed near where he lives. But, uh, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> there we go. Aaron, have you got anything you'd like to tell us about? Anything you've been watching recently? I've watched the film. Go on then. I watched, um, it's an old film. That I hadn't seen in a long, long time. I watched it with some of my friends. Oh yes. Um, we watched uh, as a collective, as a podcast, um, with our other halves and also some friends on the Netflix. Well, we we tried to use the the Netflix viewing app, but it didn't work. So we all just pressed play at the same time. We watched Mean Girls by Tina Fey. What question for you? Is butter a carb? That's my that's my question. <laughs> that's just um. No, I don't. I don't think so. So, <laughs> oh, that that was a good film. I really enjoyed it. it I've never seen it before. Yeah, never seen it. You never seen it before? No. I will tell you what, and can can you what tell us about the film? Because we both Johnny and I have seen it, and I'm, a lot so, of the viewers yeah. are I probably. Mean, if you yeah. haven't seen it, it's a classic American high school drama, uh, centered around a a new girl who comes to the school. She's been homeschooled. Yeah. She 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 grew up in uh, somewhere in Africa. I don't think they ever really mentioned exactly where. And mm-hmm. um, she's never really been in a high school before. And it's basically her trying to make friends at the start. 
and then her joining this like clique of girls who are like the super popular girls and they're also like well one one in particular who's played by Rachel McAdams who's like absolutely just like the worst sort of person <laughs> and it's basically her having his little battle of wits with her with the with Rachel McAdams um, who's yeah. the main girl in it um Lindsay Lohan Lindsay Lohan that's Lindsay the one Lohan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's that classic. There's lots of like romance and getting the right guys at the end, and everyone's happy at the end, pretty much. Apart from, well, yeah, I would yeah. say most, most people are happy. Yeah, that's. I mean, does that sum I it up? I guess. Yeah, it does sum it up. Like, obviously, it's like, yeah, it's a so- social status, isn't it? It's about social status and like groups and social groups and what it's like to be in high school and how like depending on where you fall in depends on how cool you. I guess you're going to be for the rest of your life, yeah. like. The thing is, the people who do this podcast are all nerds, so like, mate, I don't know, we mate, never really. We talked applied. about this the other day. When I, when I first met you, you were definitely not a nerd. You were like, <laughs> oh. in my eyes, in my eyes, you had the, the dyed hair, super long hair. You felt you were super, at least like maybe you were a nerd, but you felt like you, you to me, you looked like you didn't feel like you were a nerd. No, you, was... you were an emo. They don't exist anymore. Yeah, that's true. I was <laughs> They're like, yeah. But then my, my wife said, said, like, she pointed out that like six months later, I looked exactly the same, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> nice one now. Blend, um, blending with everyone else like like happens at high school, which is what happens in Mean Girls. It is what happens in Mean Girls. I I think you know the film still is still quite relevant for like a you know today's audience. If you were a young person and you were to watch that, I still think you can quite heavily. It, yeah. You could relate to it, yeah. And I like the fact that you know there's an underlying message of like. They do sort of out at the end of the film, and there is like harmony inside the the ranks of the high school teenager social status or whatever. Um, but you know, still the jokes are still pretty funny, still pretty relevant for today. I mean, one of our friends said he watched it recently and said like he find it very mean, and I would definitely, definitely agree with him that it is quite it's quite a mean film. It's, but it's it has. Title, isn't it? It, yeah, it's a, I think it's supposed to do that. And, like, at the end, it, if, for example, the film didn't try and, like, fix the issues with being mean and why that's wrong and, like, sort of come full circle, then, yeah, I would un- I would understand the sort of, like, yeah, it's too mean, I don't think I would want to watch it again. But it does do... Like, there is a message in there where it's trying to, like, teach the viewers, like, oh, this isn't okay, it's not right to treat people this way. Like... Because this is the yeah. result or whatever. I think, you know, it's still very funny. I've been playing a lot of the video game Hitman recently. And <laughs> it really made me want to be, want to have a Hitman map set in a high school. Just Fuck. so I can, like, murder these people who are absolutely horrendous. You know, just like, I can, oh, like, man. you know, have a, rub- a rubber duck explode. Uh, and, you know, push them over a ledge or something. I kind of that would be that would be great. It sounds like I'm a, a terrible person. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna in say in the context of the game, like co- it's quite it's quite a funny game. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but they never, you know, Hitman doesn't go into school and murder a load of teenagers. That would they, might, they, might, they might do. They might do. They're really like, they're the teenagers are like ri- really rich, like evil corporations and so people who own, like like a like a Jeff Bezos his kids or whatever. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> You took that to a very dark place. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I watched anyway. I watched Mean Girls. Um, it's still very good. It's on Netflix if people want to watch it. Yeah. So, and if you haven't seen it, you know, go for it. Sorry, Aunt. Uh, sorry, uh, sorry, Johnny. Yeah, uh, like, 
Mean Girls was good, like, again, another time around. The thing that was annoying is just, like, trying to watch it all together. Like, apart from just going through 2 one play, there isn't really an app that works that well no, to, no. to do it. Disney Plus th- works is pretty yeah. good, but, like, the Netflix one's pants. And just I feel th- like they're that big now, and, like, the price is going up, like, next month to nine nine. should be a better solution, should there? Yeah, definitely, yeah. especially with lockdown and stuff. Um, but hey ho! What have you been watching, mate? Um, what have I been watching? So okay, so the last film I watched is still the last film from the last recording, which is Waking Ned. Oh yes. yeah! <laughs> oh great! Top, love Talk it. Film again. Okay, so Please. Waking Ned is a film from 1998. It's a PG. It's not usually what I'd go and watch, but I was feeling like I just wanted something. You know, if you have like an upset stomach, you don't want to have a curry. You just want to have something oh, with a predictable yeah. result. Waking Ned <laughs> is a predictable result. You know what you're going to get. It's going to be bowel movement. Yeah, exactly. It's wholesome. <laughs> it's it has it is a couple of dark comedic moments, but in general, you're going to come away from it feeling you're not really going to feel too much. It's not really going to like test your boundaries or anything. But you'll think I've had a decent time. So basically, Waking Ned is about this guy called Ned who has won the lottery and he lives on uh, in this little community in Ireland. And uh, uh, the people in the community find out that he's won and they go to his house and try and basically try and get some money out of him. But they find out he's dead. He's died from the shock of finding out he's won the lottery. So uh, instead of them kind of throwing all the money away they try to pretend uh, that Ned is still alive to claim the money and that's basically the story of Waking Ned. It's really fun really funny. Uh, The majority of the cast is pretty old so old people in films are fairly rare nowadays Mm. Um, you know it it is like watching Cocoon 3 pretty much (laughs) Um, Again, you made this comparison last time, and I just weird comparison. What, it's just because there's a lot of fairly elderly people in it who are main main actors, which you know it's great. You don't really see that many films with overly old people or old people who are allowed to look old. They're either like plastered in makeup, or you know they're well, they're just not on screen really. So it's nice that they're getting some representation. Do you not? Do you not? Do you not think it's just like overtly just Irish? Like they just don't care. Like they're just like, yeah, well, whatever. Like they don't sugarcoat it like you would maybe in a big sort of British or a big American film where you're right, they would like doll everyone up. But this is just more like story content, stupid behavior, yeah. old people just riding around. <laughs> You know, getting out to all sorts, like, you know, driving mopeds yeah. in the nip. It's, it's they say in the nip, don't they, a lot. I feel like they say, is it in the nip? Maybe. Is that what they say? Yeah. That's, that's Who's the in the nip? Yeah, that's the thing they say. Who's in the nip? If you was to say, like, so they, this film, I sort of see it as a, a type of film that came out maybe in the 90s or early 2000s or whatever. Like... I would, like, would you, I mean, I've, not, I've not seen this, but would you say this is sort of in the similar vein as like a Billy Elliot or like a yeah, Full probably. Monty or like, like a sort of, because uh, most, most films that are in the UK, they're in like London, aren't they? That's where the, like, so to yeah, see like a sort of, yeah. lo- like a sort of more location based 
smaller budget sort of. Uh, I get, I, well, I, I don't know, I'm trying to think of other ones. Like if you uh, if you combined Father Ted and Full Monty, you'd probably have Waking Ned. Right. Okay. That's a great, great. Yeah. That's yeah. I fully, fully agree with that. Yeah. Right. I mean, um, I need to, I hope hopefully Mel will listen to this and we can actually watch this because it's Mel is yeah, really it's, not, it's really wholesome. It's not one of the weird films that I've chosen. <laughs> um, it will be one that you actually enjoy to watch. And Sarah is actually angry at me for watching this without her because I've made her watch some not as good or not as family friendly films uh, yeah. in the past. Um, you can say bad. It's okay. You can say bad. Sarah thinks they're bad, and so it's fine. Don't worry about it. You know when, like, I want to know when you make Sarah watch like things like Anna Melissa and stuff like that, or like you know the equivalent of when we don't have to do it for the podcast. I wonder if like Sarah gives you like a look because Heather gives me like a look if she doesn't like something, she'll give me like a that wasn't good. She but she's she just definitely being felt polite. a bit unwell when we were watching Saving Private Ryan and we had to turn it off. So um, yeah, is that like unwell as in like? I just didn't feel unwell. Like it was like, oh, this is making. Well, me feel the, sick. the oh, first hour is pretty tense. Like the it is pretty like intense. The, the the landing scene, and I think we we just had quite a large meal. Oh, um, yeah, you don't want to. No, you can't be doing that. So uh, yeah, there was a lot of tension going on there. So that was a, a two or three sitting film, I think, for for me to yeah, finish that well. Yeah. Sometimes you got to have them. Sometimes you got to have them. Yep. Um, actually, it's just reminded me. I'll do a quick. It's just a quick one. I watched the film called The Foreigner, which is stars Jackie Chan and that guy who plays James Bond, the Irish one. Um, it's all set in Belfast. Basically, like the IRA or the new IRA bomb this building and it ends up killing Jackie Chan's daughter. So Jackie Chan just goes on like a killing spree. <laughs> Um, it's set in London and Northern Ireland. Um, it's to do like like centered around the troubles and stuff like that, but like <laughs> sort of modern day. Basically, Jackie Chan takes on the entirety of the IRA. It's just great. Like I would, I don't want to go into too much more detail, but you should just watch it. It's just ridiculous. It reminds me a little yeah. bit ju- just because it's like, is is he doing a lot of like his sort of Jack, Jackie Chan style like sort of martial arts stuff, or is it mostly like? Is it mostly like assassination stuff with like weapons and guns and stuff? No, there's so there's bits where he's like running around this house, jumping outside of the building, running along the roofs and stuff. And all I can think is this man's like sixty two yeah. or sixty three years he's old, and killing, he is doing this. It's insane. For this looks absolutely mental. <laughs> he is. Yeah, he is. I think. I, yeah, it looks good. I did hear good stuff about this when it came out. Yeah, the guy does the soundtracks. The same guy does Drive. So. Ooh. Like both Heather and I were like vibing off the soundtrack, and I just like Googled it and I was like, oh, Cliff Mar- is it Martinez or something like that? And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, this is why it's good. Mm. But yeah, nice. So, sorry, it's just you, you're waking Ned just reminded me. I was like, oh, yeah, I did watch a film set in like Northern Ireland recently. Nice. It's really funny actually, because there's a point in the film where they take a shot, you know, they do like the shot of like the city they're in, and then they usually put the title underneath. <laughs> they did that, and they were like, we're in Belfast now, this is Belfast. But when we went back to London and did like over shots of London, nope, no, no text message or anything like that. Everyone should just know Everyone that it's knows London. Who this is, yeah. <laughs> Bias. Anyway, right. So we've come to the time that everyone's been waiting for. We're going to talk but, uh, about um, the last film in the Western animation series. Do you want to give us a recap of all the other ones that we've done so far, Johnny? Yep. So we started off the season with Spider Man. Um, yeah from Ant so this is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse mm-hmm. so and then we had a film from Aaron Fantastic Mr. Fox uh, 
And then I bought the amazing triplets of Belleville. And then we went mm. back to Ant to do Jungle Book. And then last week was Lego Movie. So Annalisa is... What a roller coaster. Yeah, it's what been up and down. You've picked coaster. the oldest movie, Ant, which um, I was surprised by. Um, such, why? I was picking new stuff. I don't know. Well, usually the the old ones are they're the flag that I'm flying. But mm. uh, no, you've yeah, you've true. managed to delve into. Oh, you've got you got you went for the weird ones <laughs> this time. <laughs> <laughs> Left of the field. I went for sort of standard, pretty good, uh, and you went for. Bit crazy and wacky, a bit left field, yeah. So, right. yeah, the reason why I chose this film was because all the films that we had chosen, apart from Triplets, which I'd seen before, um, I've seen all the films before. Mm. So I wanted to choose something different that I'd not seen and that uh, any of the guys hadn't seen. And I also wanted to pick something which wasn't directly. A kids, a kids' film, is like it? yeah, aimed aimed at children, just to add a bit of variety. So, this was a kind of a little bit of a blind choice, but um, still fairly glad I picked it. Although some may say otherwise. So, just to give you a quick idea of what the film is about, our main character Michael Stone is a customer service um, expert, and he goes around the country doing talks um, to people who are his fans, fans of his book, and uh, people who want to know more about customer service. This sounds already like a great plot for a film. Um, he arrives in the city, away from his family, and uh, he basically goes to the hotel where, he, where the conference is at, and uh, it's a story that kind of takes place over 24 hours of what he gets up to in the hotel, who he meets, and um, kind of a couple of weird outcomes. So, could you tell me just a few of your initial impressions of the film? So, yeah, so I, I'd, heard, I'd heard about this film a few years back when it was reviewed by um, Matt Kermode of the, uh, of the Mayo and Kermode podcast. Uh, and he had interviewed the director and writer of the film... Uh, Charlie Kaufman and the other director who's done my two it's directors. Isn't Duke it? Johnson. That's the one. And um, the reason why it's stuck in my memory because it sounded interesting anyway, just just as a concept of the film. And, and I don't have mentioned that before. Like basically, the main character, all he hears throughout the whole time, anyone ever speaking, he's always got the same voice. Everyone has the same voice, um, apart from this woman called Lisa. And that's where the film comes from, Anomalisa. Um, anyway, and in the interview with Matt Commode, there's a basically he makes reference of um, that they hated. They were up for an Oscar this this year at that at that time with uh, a bunch of animated films, and one of them was Inside, and they said that they hated Inside and that they didn't, they didn't like it. Which straight away is just like, I I question, I question anyone's sort of. Uh, thought structure when they they like openly hate a more like a pretty much everyone like it was like pretty, if you looked at I don't know about the reviews or whatever it doesn't really matter too much but like it was well renowned that everyone loved that that film but anyway they didn't like it and um and it got a bit snooty between them in the interview 
and uh, yeah, it was just a, it, it stuck out in my head. But I remember specifically like the the premise of the film and the idea of using puppets in a non sort of kids film. It was it was trying to trying to look at um, looking at it from a more grown up perspective. Um, but yeah. So as Ant said, it's got two directors: Charlie Kaufman, who's known for I'm thinking of ending things, Sinodoke, New York. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, uh, being John Malkovich. He's pretty well known for doing pretty out-of-the-ordinary films, uh, some pretty wacky stuff. And they're, they're, they're good. They're good films as well. Like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is a great film. St. Doug in New York is a great film. Being John Malkovich is a great film. Like He's got quite a, a breadth of... He does weird and wonderful quite well, I think. And I think... like. When I was originally looking at this film, like I was thinking, "Oh, cool! Like it's another Charlie Kaufman film. He's he's doing something a bit bit quirkier with puppetry, and it obviously looks like quite a serious film." Um, and the guy, the the main actor, like who plays the main, I can't remember. He's David in um, uh, Harry Potter. Thelwis, I think he's he's called. He's got a great accent. Like you, like, no one can deny how good that. Like I don't know. It's just very like. Homely, I guess maybe because like we're British, um, and there's a familiarity to maybe like a northern voice because we all live in the north of England. But um, it's a bit like the woman on the train from Snowpiercer, who has an accent like she's from Blackburn. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is it uh, uh, Tilda Swinton? T- yeah. yeah, I thought Tilda it was Swinton, more like a yeah. Yorkshire, like a sort of Sheffield accent or something. Uh, he's well, da- David Thelwis is from Blackpool, uh, so it's uh, like a Lancashire accent right, that he's see, uh, see. that he's got. Um, but he plays the character Michael Stone, um, and yeah, Michael is an interesting character. I love that you say interesting. <laughs> Do you not just mean like the blandest human being in Blandsville, uh. like? Well, well, that isn't me. I'm not, this is this isn't me making like a, a dig at the film. This is me being like he's a customer service rep or something. No, but also he, the country he's, like, like. he's like a mini celebrity in, in his own world. Yeah, in interesting. It, in his like in in his own head and in his world, he is a celebrity, and there are several. Well, but li- what's interesting about that? Like, I mean, this is, a, this is a question. Like, what is interesting about it? In his world, he thinks he's cool. Like, what's interesting about us, that customer service? Well, rep? because cause do we, does not, doesn't everyone think that they're cool in some way? Do, you must. No. Do, do you not? You must think you have something going on about you, or do you just have a really lower self, self esteem? Or I mean, I wouldn't say I've got anything. I've got a cool cat and a really, really awesome wife and some great friends. But, you know, but normal things. Ev- everyone thinks that they've, they've got something like, Ant can make computer games, you can make music. Like, yeah, everyone's got no, their own Ant, little, right. little things yeah, about Yeah, but Ant's job, Ant's job title is, like, if you were to bring that up in any conversation, unless, like, you know, someone didn't like computer games, most people are going to go... Oh, that's really interesting. Oh, what do you do there? The but is, if like, I go, no, but the thing is, right, I'm in customer the, sales. The thing is, it, like, it's not necessarily like you don't have to have like not every character in a film has to have like a super interesting job or whatever. Like, no, it's, no, it's, no, it's, no. The, it's the, I mean, like, yeah, as a character, he's not particularly likable. Um, but he, but he himself thinks that he is the bee's knees. He himself, yeah, he himself no, looks, in his he looks world. down at everyone else, doesn't he? He's that's the yeah. whole concept of the film, like. 
so yeah. so we, I mean, we can mention we can. Uh, it's sort of like hard to talk about because we talked about some of the stuff last week, and it's sort of I don't want to get muddled up with stuff too much. But one of the things that like took a while for me to notice was that he he has like his own face, which he looks like himself. His Mike, uh, Mike Stott. Is it Mike Stott? Mike yeah. Stone. Stott, right? Yeah, uh, and. Throughout the whole rest of the film, everyone else looks exactly the same. Obviously, they have the same voice, and you can't pick up on that. But I didn't, because because everyone's wearing got slightly different hair or whatever. I kind of didn't notice that, and they all have the same face, or whatever. Uh, until he meets Lisa, uh, Lisa, and then she's got she's also a different different person. So from that point onwards, I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. Like I didn't even notice that, but now it's weird that everyone looks exactly the same. And then you start to think, okay, well. This is this is like obviously what's what's the director trying to go for here? He's trying to show that to uh, my uh, to Michael like everyone is just annoying and forgetful. I don't really care about anyone. I don't want to get involved with anyone. Everyone's just the same person basically, which is like I think mean, I think that's quite an interesting concept. I think that's interesting as a character study of like what this guy thinks is so much better than everyone else, even though he is a boring guy. Like that's that's just- interesting. It's just because you said that he was an interesting character, and I was like, I don't think he is an interesting character. Whereas Lisa, for example, she is an interesting character. It's because she's different from everyone else. She's obviously not involved directly with Michael's world, even though she's a fan of his book. And, you know, she's got history to do with the scars on her face, and she talks about, like, you know, the sadness in her life, and she's, there's a depth to her. Yeah, but even with Michael, I mean, we're getting off, but like he's got backstory. Like, there's plenty of stuff at the start where you're trying to put put it together of why. Do you remember he's got this his ex, his old flame. He 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 tries to meet meet up with at the hotel. Like she's like following him around, isn't she? Like there is backstory that you're trying to piece together. So I don't know. I think it would be, I think it's a disservice to say that he's not an interesting written character. I think it's just, yeah, if you. he doesn't stand out particularly as anyone else in the world, but for this film, I think it's interesting to like focus on him. Yeah, and, but and his like the, the whole film has several different dream states within it, uh, and Lisa is part of one of Michael's dream states. So Lisa is part of his imagination, really, not a that's real person. That's, that's a theory. Well, that's that's why a theory, theory though, isn't it? That's a theory. That's a no, theory. Um, it's a Charlie Kaufman film. It's not like you can't just take it at face value there's, there's more depth to it it's trying to do some sort of inception know. thing here maybe i i I take it as face value <laughs> taking it on uh, that's that that's how i took it i mean yeah there's probably some extra hidden meanings there i guess we can talk we can get into that in a minute so do, i mean do you want to do you want to go into any other yeah like, well I'll, I'll basically try and delve a bit deeper into how the story progresses so yeah. um Michael, um, yeah, gets in touch with his uh, old girlfriend or ex-wife, I can't remember who it, who it is, and they agree to meet up in the hotel bar. And at this point, Michael uh, basically asks if she wants to go back up to his room, to, to which she, she says no, she does, doesn't want to get involved with him. Uh, she thought they were just going to have a bit of a catch-up, and she leaves. And at that point, Michael sort of, uh, he goes to a... Uh, what he thought was a toy shop to buy a present for his uh, son, uh, but it's actually it turns out to be an adult shop, and um, he ends up buying this strange-looking geisha doll with a face that's been damaged. Uh, damaged. 
and he's fixated on it and he ends up buying that and he goes back to the hotel. Now, one of the most interesting and odd scenes at this point is then when Michael then takes off all his clothes and goes in the shower, uh, which was a bit pretty striking scene to see a puppet. Um, <laughs> yeah, completely full frontal completely, male yeah. nudity of a puppet. Yeah. yeah, jumping in the shower. Very, very wet uh, puppet. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you wouldn't see this in... Uh, Muppets. <laughs> what's the, the one they did with the guys from South Park? Oh, um... Team America. Team America. That's probably the only I mean, adult missed... puppet film I can think of. Oh, right. yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a very well done, but oddly well done, uh, shower scene with uh, this Michael Stone character. So he looks at himself in the in the in the mirror, and he starts almost like focusing on the seams of his puppet face. So like the way that they. To put the puppets, to put the puppet uh, faces on, they have, they must have like three D printed a bunch of different expressions, and they sort of pull off the faces and put on new faces when they're for, when they're like they're creating the film. And there's a, an obvious seam line there, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking now anyway, that that was that must have been intentional because I feel like it must have been because like surely I mean maybe not maybe that was just the limitation of the technology of the puppet but it, it seems like they probably could have done it in a way where they didn't have that scene there but anyway in the film it sort of breaks the fourth wall a little bit by he starts looking at the seam and sort of starts that almost starts to pick at it and then his like face goes a bit funny and then he hears this voice of a different person because the whole way through the film you've heard the same voice oh so, yeah yeah and then he runs out and he finds uh Lisa and her friend who are um, driving all day to see Michael's conference the next day. And they are immediately sort of infatuated with him and sort of starstruck that this guy's here and they've bumped into him and they've read his books and, you know, they're so honoured to meet him. This is a bit of a change in, in the film where the rest of it, people haven't been bothered with him. But at this point, these two women just seem to really want to be with him and get to know him. So Michael invites them down for a drink and the night ensues. Um, they get to know each other a bit more and as they're going back to their rooms later in the evening, uh, Michael picks, very strangely, Lisa out of the two women to come back to his room, almost like picking a team for... A game of football, which yeah, is really it's, weird. it's very, it's kind of awkward, isn't it? It's yeah. really awkward. Yeah, like, like, yeah, like it's obvious, like he's interested in her and stuff, but and they're like that, they're like not exactly like to them, to, to him, sorry, to them, he's like a, almost like a little mini celebrity, so they're like all like flustered and whatever. But it is like we we're talking about this last week when we did the first time around, like the whole, the whole way that. So, so he goes. She goes into his room, and then they, he basically the chatting, and he starts he starts wanting to to do so, um, and she's like really embarrassed because of her face and stuff. Because she's got like, and she talks about how no one ever wants is interested in her. They're always interested in her friend, which uh, which isn't so you know fine, but um, it's the, he he sort of comes on quite creepy, doesn't he? He sort of feels like he's abusing his his sort of uh, his place. In, in in her in their mind in, in you know the 
And it, it, yeah, because like, he's a bit of a mini celebrity over there, but it also just feels like really pushy and just creepy and yeah, yeah. I, I was it was quite uncomfortable. I, I mean, that's that's apart from the really awkward like doll sex scene uh, yeah. happens. Um, yeah, but it's just even before that, it's kind of creepy. Yeah, the um, yeah the doll uh, sex scene was not expected when um, <laughs> <laughs> when can, I this yeah. Film. All, all, all I can say is, if you are listening to this podcast. The sex scene is enough to to warrant you not watching this film. <laughs> like it is that vile. Like I just the thing is as well. Once you once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. And then like you know, sometimes when you go to bed and you have nightmares, it's because of that <laughs> that scene yeah. that that I witnessed. Yeah. Like it's 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 interesting because like we could have quite easily not shown that scene, but they were obviously. They're trying to do it, and it was obviously for a reason that the directors decided to, to shoot that. Do you think it yeah, was yeah. a shock value, or do you think they were trying to say something with, like, they were trying to show how... Because this, he's not a particularly good-looking guy. He's got a bit of a gut and just, like... Yeah. I don't know. It could have been shot in a, in a nicer way where, you know, it was done in a way that was it felt quite... They were trying to show you the... the how sort of a rotten guy he was, sort of thing. Or I mean, it wasn't like he was violent or anything, but it was just like, just like just her, him manipulating like, her yeah, in, with his yeah. sort of slight celebrity. But again, yeah. I I do think he is in some sort of dream state here, and this isn't. Yeah, a this real... is where we differ, isn't it? Yeah. So J- Johnny thinks. So do you want to talk about quickly talk about your your concept? Of okay. What's going so on basically, I think that the doll which he buys in the shop and Lisa are the same person or thing. And like after he buys that doll, he goes into a dream sequence and everything around the doll is is Lisa. So Lisa doesn't really exist. Right. Um so I, and all the other further dream sequences that he has, like the one where he goes to the manager's office and stuff like that, that is just a dream within a dream almost like inception. Mm. Um but with less guns. <laughs> if that is the case, I think it's an easier pill to swallow because up to this point, like Michael has a wife and kids at home who he thinks are bland and boring because they sound the same and, you know, whatever. Um, doesn't really care about his kid. Tries to seduce an old girlfriend and then seduces someone who is technically his, like... Like a fan. I guess like yeah, like a fan or something. Yeah. Like you know, he's a bit of a scummer. Yeah. So I guess if like it's all in his head, that kinda you know, just means that people like that don't get to do stuff like that. Yeah, I, I see it as it's all literal and there's a nice sort of symbolism between the doll and, and Lisa and his fascination with like broken things and that you can abuse that sort of his power over them and stuff. But I see it as being an actual, it actually happens because it, otherwise the impact is lessened. And I think that that's what the director was going for. He was trying to make it, trying to make it obvious how much of a scumbag this guy is and how like he is, yeah, he's like, he's ditching his family because he's met this girl who's infatuated with for all of like an hour. He, he sleeps with her, he wakes up in the morning and already in the morning when they're having seen the breakfast, he's already sort of fed up with her. And he's already noticing all the things he doesn't like about her. And then suddenly she turns into, which is like a shocking scene, actually, is her voice that's changing. And then suddenly she uh, she turns into the 
everyone else looks like the same same doll face as everyone else. So to me, I think it's real because otherwise it's, it, it it makes him less of a of an idiot. Um, the, my fi- my favorite part of the film was 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 the actual dream sequence where he goes downstairs and it goes to see the manager and you get because it's just like it's more it's just like okay this is interesting this is like something we haven't seen quite it's like the rest of the film is so realistic we haven't even talked about like the visual side of it but it's like super like it's going for a really realistic like animation way way all the all the puppets animate and the way they talk and the way they move and everything is like super real mm. um, and lifelike and um in fact to a point where like over after a while you sort to me anyway you sort of forget that the puppets i found like it's, it's got a weird uncanny valley sort of thing where you sort of half that forgetting that the puppets and you sort of focus on the characters it's good but the the dream sequence itself was like my favorite part of the of the film i think um yeah i think that there's definitely a realism there um you know i'm pretty sure i've stayed in that exact exact same hotel room and you know some of the scenes like in the bar and stuff and just general conferences and stuff like that i've i've been in those sort of similar situations he is a not the most likable of characters um and probably not the most of easy things to watch unlike waking ned but sometimes you can learn a little bit from yeah watching someone else fail (laughs) in a film uh, so yeah, I'm going to wrap it up there. Does anyone have any final thoughts on Amelisa, Anamalisa before we move on? Yeah. Um, I think like, so when I first watched this, I wasn't as negative, I guess, about it. Um, but like the longer I've let it stew, like the more like I've disliked this film because like, I, I i was quite sad because i really liked a lot of charlie kaufman's like other films like you know i do think he writes interesting stories with quite visual you know visually it's quite interesting the stuff that he does like with cynic doki within like building a little time a little city inside a city and stuff and you know, even this as well like is quite visually striking but i just think like i really really struggled to enjoy a film or even tolerate a film about a sleaze bag yeah, like i just didn't like it, it. and I, I like maybe there's just like because the thing is like i watch films where people are nasty and are but there's a way bad. you make it fun isn't there and making it yeah so sort of slapstick or out of out of your the ordinary world where you feel okay sort of rooting for the bad guy in some ways but this guy is just like just a sleaze bag with a family and yeah. yeah. I think when when you're like, watching it, like, because a lot of it, it's not like it comes really quickly, but you're just going along for the ride and you're not maybe putting yourself in the character's shoes. But I think on the reflection, kind of seeing how it pans out and actually thinking about the character and how he has, in a way, abused his authority, if you're taking it literally, or his self-worth, if you're thinking in his dream state, he is a pretty corrupted guy. Um, but it helps keep you, you know, in check. In your <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, but is that like, I don't know, it's, like you've got, the game? You've got to see the, you got to be able to watch some, you know, the peaks and valleys, isn't you? You've got to see some of the bad parts of humanity to understand what the good parts are. 
but the the thing is as well with a lot of like the about what we're doing about the western um animation stuff like films that we're talking about these are films that i am really comfortable even you know even like triplets I'm comfortable recommending those films to other people, but this well, film, we're gonna, I'm we're just, getting to that later, mate. We're getting to that later. Like, yeah, but that <laughs> I, you know, just going into that as well. Like, I'm just like, I don't feel this is. I don't feel comfortable like being like, oh, you know what? This is go watch this. Like, I think it depends on the person totally. But you, like, if if, if, I, if Johnny hadn't watched this like before, and I was going to recommend, the, I would recommend this to Johnny because I know he'd find it interesting. But just, oh, just recommend Cynic Doki. <laughs> Or like being John Malkovich, or like Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. But it's like I just finished watching Night Stalker, and like, oh yeah, just you watch something like that and be like, he is a terrible person. I'm glad that I'm not that person. This, in a way, is like this person's less bad than the guy in <laughs> in Night Stalker. But it's, it's different, though, isn't it? It's different. What? Because it's more. That's real. It's more, like, I mean, this is. It's real though. Nice talk is real about like it's like a documentary, isn't it? About like a corrupt. Yeah, about a guy who, like murdered thirteen people. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Did all sorts of terrible, yeah, like, terrible that's things. The, like there's different. I think there's a difference between a documentary about a film, like about a terrible person and trying to like figure out his actions, than a another film directly, in some ways glor not always but glorifying as. Are trying to not trying to glorify. Not trying to glorify. Obvious point of he's a bad guy. Well, no, but not just that. It's just like I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, like that he's trying to, to. I don't know. It, I feel. It, the I feel film like centered around him. The, the, the content is nice uncomfortable, which it is uncomfortable. You feel like it shouldn't be made, but if it's just if stuff like this is just brushed under the carpet all the time. It doesn't create any awareness. I think there's a way, and it, like everything doesn't always have to end out nicey nicey in in those. No, I, I, no, I no, no, no. Quite like no. the fact that it's it's because it gives you. This is actually kind of interesting. It gives you because it, there's been a lot of like with the Me Too movement and stuff. And there's been a lot of people who have been uh, people have spoken up about who have you know are sleaze bags or have done dodgy stuff. And to a certain extent, you you know, it's been there's a big scale there of like people who are like, absolutely horrendous and people who have done like sort of sleazy things. And it's good, it's kind of interesting watching this to see, you know, he's not committing any crimes or anything, but like he's totally abusing his power and... And, it's, and he uh, did commit a crime, he committed adultery, so... Isn't that a crime? I'm sure it's a crime. It's crime. Yeah, it's... No, you can't get arrested for adultery. But um, I mean, depends. I guess it depends on which law you're looking at. If it's law, like a law... Yeah, law, yeah, law, what yeah. country you come from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway... Yeah, we. I think we've talked enough about this film, to be honest. Right, so now we come to the part of the series where we're going to find out who's going to be the winner. Um, yeah, I'm wondering if it's going to be Amelisa. <laughs> Amelisa. Uh We've got we've got a beautiful assistant in Aaron with the uh, with the hat and the names of the films, don't you, Aaron? <laughs> that yeah, the hat's actually gone missing. Oh, no. um, but it's all right. I feel like Malcolm like stole it or something because I played a little game beforehand, like last week, where I got Malcolm to like choose kind of hat. one of the pieces of paper, and he actually picked out a piece of paper and he chose a film. So I'll, I'll announce what Malcolm's favorite film of. 
Just so you know, I promise. Malcolm is a cat. Oh, Malcolm is a cat, yeah. He's not like... No, he's yeah, like not right, it's not my assistant. Or... <laughs> um, uh, right, cool. Okay, so... Are you going to explain how we're going to do it? Yes. So I'm going to pick two films at random, and they're going to be pitted against each other. And essentially, we'll choose one to go into the top the top bracket and one to go in the bottom bracket. And there'll be by the end of it, there'll be three on the bottom bracket and three in the yeah. top. And then what we'll do is we'll choose the ranking of the bottom three and then go to the top so three. So we could re- re- very easily have a bad film in the top bracket just because you might get two bad films. Although I don't think there's that yeah. many bad films in this in this list. No, there's so no bad films okay. in the list. <laughs> yeah, well. All right, um, first film. Bum, 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 bum. It's Jungle Book. That's hey, Ant's film. My film. Oh, Jungle Book. Right, okay. I mean, I'm just going to say a little bit about it. It's not much I have to say because it's Jungle Book and then pretty much everyone's watched it. It's a classic. It's, you know, it has... I mean, like, the film itself is... Uh, it's not doing anything absolutely extraordinary in terms of... Because it came out in, like, in the 60s. It's, like, it was breaking ground then... Watching it back now, it's like it still it still holds up. It's beautiful film, uh, like just the hand like uh, animation and the hand drawn visuals and backgrounds and stuff is still beautiful today. Especially the Disney Plus, the, the, the Disney Plus version is really nice. It's like a nice, really beautiful HD version. It's got. I mean, the main thing it makes it is the characters and the music for me. So the voice actors just like are so perfect for the for the for the film. Um, and uh, the music is just brilliant. Obviously, we talked about on the podcast itself some of the controversy with the you know with its age and some of the historical uh, issues. Uh, but I still think it's still uh, worth watching as you know uh, in two thousand twenty one. And uh, I just remember, for me as a kid, sat down in my in my nan's. A living room of all my cousins around all watching Jungle Book and just loving it and loving the music and stuff and then years later I went to watch the the remake and it just lacked that spark and that soul of the of the original that I, I still am just adamant that you know they can't it's almost impossible to recapture that sort of light in the bottle sort of thing so yeah for me Jungle Book is a great film excellent and Jungle Book will be up against Annalisa. Fantastic yeah. film, family friendly. Feel <laughs> um, no. music and songs, songs and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> really uplifting. Um, well, I mean, Annalisa. What, what am I going to say? So it is. Yeah, we've discussed it in like literally five ten minutes ago. <laughs> it's um I'm not gonna go too much into it. Um, really, but yeah. It's probably for the more artsy types who are interested in something that's probably not gonna leave them feeling as happy as yeah. when they go into into the film. They'll probably be left in a slightly worse place. Um so if that's the sort of film that you feel like you'd be up for watching, this could be the film for you. I will say I will say like it is it is a stunning like just like technically stunning film, the way it's animated mm-hmm. and visuals are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it's yeah, too too. Like right. we didn't really talk about that in the in the discussion. Yeah. No, yeah, like it does look the the art really the, nice. the artistry, artistry with the technical like detail that the people who actually made yeah. the film is pretty astounding, really. Yeah, and the music is really good. The sign design as well. You know what they do with the background of the crowds and stuff. Absolutely, yeah. like phenomenal. Yeah. 
you know, as much as I didn't like the characters, the one thing that did get me through the film was just how visually beautiful it was. And the, the, the attention to detail. It's just great. Really, really good. And the guy who does the voice for everyone does a like a bang-up job of like playing lots of different So roles. would you say that's enough um, to get it through? Uh, no, Jungle Book's <laughs> going to be my vote. Um, so... Yeah, I would, I, would, I would also have to go with Jungle Book. Unfortunately, Gosh. Even though I'm, I'm glad you brought it to us because I think it's interesting to talk about and it's good to spice up the list a bit. Wait, Johnny, Johnny, what are you voting for, Johnny? See, Jungle Book is not, it's not my favorite old Disney film. You also are a bit of a sucker for like new films. You like seeing new stuff, don't you? You don't necessarily like watching a lot of old. Stuff. <laughs> you don't like those old films. <laughs> don't, what do you mean? You don't, don't make us like watch old, old films, do you? <laughs> no, I mean not old films. I mean watching something for the first time versus watching something yeah there's definitely there's definitely a bit of a shimmer about watching something for the first time for the podcast um yeah i it's a hard one because i'm i'm not overly not overly overly fussed with jungle book and i'm animalisa now that i've seen it on reflection would i brought it i'm not sure it's probably a couple of awkward things which i would probably preferred not to have to bring up in the podcast <laughs> Um, I don't know if if I could if I could do sort of a nil pois for both of them, I I probably would really. Um, Ooh. yeah, sorry, it's, the abstaining. it's yeah, it's a bit of a cop out. Uh, but no, uh, even though one of them is my film, and I I would love to get hundred percent behind the films I bring. Yeah, but I think that say, that says something about you though. Like it says that it's a good thing that you're like, you know what? Like I brought this. I I tried. And I'm looking at both films, and I, I was left with, I don't think I would vote for either. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, the next film is The Lego Movie. The Lego Movie is my film. It is by Lord and Miller. Miller and Lord, I don't know. They do 21 Drum Street. Um. Anyway, it's a film where basically set in the Lego universe where there's going to be super glue is going to come and glue everyone Craggle. together by some sort of weird businessman, the Craggle. Um, and this guy gets the super glue lid stuck to his back and everyone thinks he's the chosen one. So they set off on a big adventure to put the lid back on the Craggle. And it's basically centered around, the guy who gets the lid centered around him is just like a really normal dude. And the whole idea is that like, you know, you can be normal, but also special in your own special way. So that's good too. Um, visually, it's really interesting. I think it's a really fun film. It's good for kids. I chose it because I wanted to watch something quite electric and and chose Spider-Man <laughs> and I wanted to choose Spider-Man. Um, so this was my like exciting animation pick because I think the good thing about animation and something that I've always really enjoyed about sort of like Japanese animation and things like that is like visually you can go to very interesting places and you can do things that are outside of the box like for example when you're doing sort of like, you know real acting and so there's a lot of CGI involved and it it does obviously to a point look very cool and nowadays it looks really great but I think when it's all just like cartoons and stuff you can really get outside of the box and I think that's what's cool about these films that we've chosen in western animation what's it up against it is up against. Watch it be fantastic. I can just feel it now. Oh no, triplets! Yes, up against triplets. So this was the one. Sorry, this was what we got pulled out last week, wasn't it? This was the same the matchup from last week. Is it? 
<laughs> was it? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I didn't triplets, even know that. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, Triplets of Belleville is a French animation film by Sylvain Chomet. Um, and it is about a cyclist who is kidnapped by the French mafia. And his grandmother... His uh, grandmother and dog Bruno uh, going on a rescue mission to try and get him back. It's quite an odd film, um, just in the way that it's animated. Everything's stretched and blown out of proportion, quite caricaturish. Um, similar to some of Dali's paintings, I would I would liken it to. Uh, it came out in 2003 and was quite a... Um, groundbreaking uh, animation from the early noughties sort of breaking the mold that animation had to be uh, sort of child focused and it added uh, some more adulty type material it's a 12 certificate um, sort of highly rated by quite a lot of people who like films who are probably better equipped to talk about films than, than any of us uh, but um, yeah, great film. It's very short, easy to watch. There's not a lot of dialogue, even though it is French. Um, it's all very visual. Um, that is it. But who's going to go through the Lego movie? Can I t- so I want to talk about Triplets of Bellevue. So going into that film, not knowing anything about the style or where it was going or anything, it was just like almost overwhelming because it's so it's so grotesque and it's, and it, and it's like visual style it's almost off-putting because it's just like you're not expecting to go where it's going to go like it's just like it's uneasy a little bit but the more you invest in that world the more you find the humor in it the more you 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 see like the the striking visuals and like the like if like that that film for example you could probably pick most I would say most shots from it and you could they could be a background picture for your desktop or whatever because they're just beautiful it's just like Beautiful composed. The characters are so interesting. Like, for example, like the the waiter, the way like he just like bends over completely, where his back would be broken in real life, and it completely goes against like any sort of reality. Um, I like watching that film at the time. I didn't wouldn't say struggled, but I I found it. It wasn't an easy watch. Let's put it that way. It's not like a, it doesn't go down smooth. Um, but the more I think back to it, it grows on me, it's grown on me a lot over the last few weeks. And I almost want to go, it makes me want to go watch some of the other uh, films that the director's done. I know there's The Illusionist that came out as well that you're a fan of, Johnny. Um, Please watch that film. The Illusionist is, is a miles better film than Triplets, in my opinion, in my opinion. I think it's got a, it's got a quainter story, but that's about it. So yeah, I mean, I, I I quite like I mean I, I like the location and stuff. I, I think it's a I think actually think it's a really good film. I kind of want to watch, rewatch it again. But um, how do we go about this? What, what how do we do the the this this chat? How do we decide if it's Lego or triplets? I I'm obviously gonna pick my pick. I wasn't the biggest fan of triplets. I think like I know you don't agree with me, Johnny, but I think everything triplets does. Well, I think the illusionist does better. But we're not we're not ranking the illusionist, are we? We're ranking. I know, but the thing is, like the the annoying thing is, like the, I think that the director has a better film, and it's it sucks. But <laughs> I didn't really enjoy like the 
the jokes that the director was making uh, poking fun of like various things like i think the intro movie to it for triplets was very dated um and could do with just you know not being a thing anymore um i understand that it's very highly revered but i honestly watched it and was like oh i don't get why this is highly revered i find it quite garish at points um and i know what you're saying about it being beautiful but i don't think that like i think sometimes it has like good points but i just didn't think it was that interesting i don't know like it doesn't you know what the film does one thing really well and that is rep- it's the best representation of a dog in a film that I've ever, <laughs> ever, ever seen. Like, it's more realistic than any film or even, like, you know, more realistic than Homeward Bind. Um, but I think Lego is a more visually stunning film. I think the message in the Lego movie is more relevant to me and my life. And I would be more happy to recommend this film to our viewers than I would triplets. You know, Lego movie is at points it's funny and i think it's like it's a nice pick me up rather than triplets is just again just a really hard hitting downward spiral like not a downward spiral there's there's relief at several points there's like it it comes it comes to a triumphant conclusion and it doesn't just overcomplicate it is gr- it is it is grim at points though it, yeah, is, it grim. is grim but it the thing, the thing that I think is better about triplets than the Lego movie is there isn't a forced agenda like the Lego film has. But forced agenda is okay it's not if okay. the message is a it's good message. Okay. Why is it not okay? Because I don't understand. It's fine. What's wrong with it's it? Like you're, you're, you're basically force feeding like making a goose into fargoa a good message no you're not like i don't understand what's what's wrong with being like oh by the way like if you don't stick to the rules like it's a good thing we've grown up in the period of not being awoken to all these terrible things that people do in in society and i think that we have turned out okay because we've made those decisions for ourselves rather than it being pumped into us by media like, I just don't, I think it's it's so false when people have to do that under fear of being. Have you ever watched a kid's TV program where they like teach messages and things like that? Like where there's like agendas for you to, oh, by, by the way, like, like, you know, doing this for your parents is okay. Like doing this for is fine. Like even adults need that now. Like some adults need to be refreshed and learn that actually it's okay to think outside the box. It's okay for you to feel this way. Like I don't see any problem with it. Just because you as a person doesn't think that you've made it this far and you're okay. Some people need that. Some people need that in their lives. Yeah, but those those people, like people are not always going to listen, watch or listen to a film and be like, oh, I'm such a better person for that. There's only going to be so many people will just turn out to be bad. With the message, like the message was fine. To be to be honest, like it was a little bit wishy washy for me. I was sort of just like, oh, okay, fine, whatever. It makes sense with Lego, like the whole like, the, 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 it was like two main messages. What from what I remember was like, yeah, it's okay to be normal. You can still be special, or whatever. And then the other one was like about you know the whole like it was the whole building you know having the imagination to, to try out lots of different things and do different things think outside the box versus instead of just following the rules um uh, as the like sort of the because it obviously cuts to the, the real world and there's a dad and the son 
However, the rest of the film, I've got to be honest, I I don't like this film. I just don't like it. Like, there's parts of it that are nice, and I think there's parts of it that are done really well. But as a whole, I find it, um, I find it just annoying. And sorry, I, I know this is horrible, Aaron. I just find it really. I find it just like oh, just like it's just too much. It just like it's it's oh, it doesn't give you time to 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 rest and think about the messages because you hit over the head with the next joke and the next visual like diarrhea that's gonna fire at your at your eyes. I don't know. Like again, there's parts of this. If you if you freeze frame certain parts of this movie, stunning, beautiful. But as a whole, as like as a film, it just sort of is it's just it's just like visual diarrhea to me, and it's just too much, and I it just it it's just overwhelming. So unfortunately, Aaron, I'm gonna go with Triple to Bellevue because even though I'd, even though in at the time, I was a bit like, what is this film? But since like, I would much rather will watch that than Lego Movie just because. And, he, I, I, and this is difficult for me to say because Lego Movie has inspired my f- house to get into Lego. Like, like my daughter has been playing with Lego. Like we went and bought Lego together. I think I sent you some pictures of that. Um, we went out and got some Lego. Like my my wife has been buying some Lego on eBay, and we've been getting back to get getting back to playing with Lego. Lego itself is great. I just feel like the film, it's, the film on its own, as a whole, is just a bit too overwhelming and a bit too. It's just, it's just. I don't want to watch it because it just hurts my eyes. You know what I mean? It's just like, ugh, it's too much going on. It's just like, I'd, I would love it to slow down and just sort of focus more on just like, I like characters and story and like, and like, and it, it just feels like to just try to shove a load of different things down your, down, down your, your in your eyes a bit too much. I know. Sorry. I'm going on a bit now. Uh, okay. So I feel, I feel bad. On, uh, are you okay, Aaron? Are you okay? Yeah. Oh yeah, no. Look, Spider Man's gonna win. I don't care. <laughs> mate, spoilers, mate. Spoilers. We're, we haven't discussed this yet. We haven't discussed this. Well, yeah, but the next, the next two films, the next two films are Fantastic Mr. Fox, and also Spider Man, which is exactly the same matchup as last time. It is, isn't it? Yeah. It's so just, it's just like I'm not even to talk about Fantastic Mr. Fox. Fantastic Mr. Fox is a really good film. Um, that's like stop motion. It's very pretty. It's one of my favorite animated films. It's definitely not everyone's cup of tea. I know that a country mile, but I love it personally. I think it's a great film. It's very homely to me. I've watched it time and time again. But it's sorry. It's it's one of those films where it's trying to do something interesting and different. Where it is going to appeal to certain people, not to everyone. Which is why I kind of like this. I, I would prefer like in terms of like again, it's not Fantastic Mr. Fox versus Lego Movie, but to me. I would prefer to watch Fantastic Mr. Fox because, like, it's a bit slower and it's it's more for me. I mean, if we're saying like, what's the best film for kids? I mean, Lego Movie would probably get it because it's like so, um, it's so like stimulating and stuff, and probably you know has a lot of humor that kids would enjoy. But yeah, I really I I'm not I know you have to go go going into it saying straight away Fantastic Mr. Fox. You know, I don't want to talk about it too much because it's gonna lose whatever. But like it is a good, it's a good film. I enjoy this film. I really liked it. It's a good anyway. I don't mind. I don't like. I didn't pick Fantastic Mr. Fox to win. I picked Fantastic Mr. Fox because I love that film. Yeah. Like I picked it because I wanted our listeners to go away and hopefully be inspired to watch it. Whereas Spider Man, and Spider Man, so Spider Man. I mean, it's interesting. It's hard. I mean, like, what do you even talk about it? Right. So it's a Spider Man film. 
And it could have easily gone down the same route as all the other Spider-Man films has you know, gone before. Like, you know, we've been... And it's interesting because, like, if you think about, like, Spider-Man, you know, the original ones, the, the Sam, Raimi, Sam Raimi ones, like, they were good, but they, like, were very much stuck to the same... Like, they're, they're very much stuck to the classic Spider-Man story. And then they remade it, and then they, again, stuck to the classic same Spider-Man story. And it's like, we've heard, we've seen that story so many times, like how he becomes a Spider-Man, gets bitten and like all that sort of stuff. And it's like, okay, yeah, we, we get it, we get it. And because also we grew up, I mean, not everyone, but most of us grew up with watching the Spider-Man cartoons or like mm-hmm. knowing about it, you know, through like the comic books or whatever. Everyone knows it. That's why I love the fact that Spider-Verse just goes into it and just... It just does a quick, like, mo- quick, very quick montage. Yada, yada, yada. You understand what's going on. I got bit. Here's my Aunt May. Uncle died. I'm now Spider-Man. There you go. But then it twists yeah. it, and it, and it, and it, and it, and it plays with the, the, the franchise as a whole. It plays with all the different versions of Spider-Man, which I love. Um, I remember back in the day watching the cartoons on Saturday morning TV, and my favorite sort of storyline was the... Um, do you remember the... Spa- Did you ever watch that? Did you watch that cat that... that- that TV show, yeah. Johnny. Yeah, Johnny yeah, yeah. Did, you, did you watch it, Johnny? Uh, no. Oh man, good stuff. The, the theme tunes, absolute classic, banger. Um, but the, the one of my favorite storylines of that was um, he kept on getting like pulled into different universe, into different like dimensions by the spider. It was like a spider woman sort of queen. I can't remember exactly what the storyline was, but like, and the idea you it would go to different universe, different like dimensions and help. Other Spider-Men do different things. Anyway, I love that sort of scenario. I love that idea. And I think um, the way that Spider-Verse, is, Spider-Verse uses that and plays on the sort of comic book franchise and all the other universes, it pulls in all the different visual styles, like Noir Batman or Black and White, with the sort of Nick Cage just being a great sound, you know, voice actor for it, perfect, playing it perfect. You've got Spider-Ham with its sort of crazy slapsticky. Uh, very cartoony sort of Warner Brothers style. You've got the anime um, uh, Spider uh, Girl. What was she called? I can't remember what she called in this exactly. Um, anyway, and then you've got all, you know, all these different characters joined together, and the it could have been a mess. It could have been. It could have quite easily been a visual mess or a um, just like just too much going on, but it fitted so perfectly together and and sort of interwove really well together. Miles Morales, the main character, is you know much more interesting of a, of a character because just because we've seen Peter Parker so many times, like, it's kind of interesting to see a different take on it. And um, and I think the, the the main bad guy they chose to go with, um, which is my brain's gone blank. Kingpin. 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 Yes, Kingpin is like just even giving him the backstory of why he's been the bad guy of like he's lost he's a, suffered a loss in the family lost his wife and, and child and it's like there's a real reason for him to try he's trying to do his bad things but not because just be, just to be bad he's trying to do it because he's got this seed of i need to bring back my family um on top of that the visual style is just stunning the way it's put together the way they use animation uh and they and they like are able to like um, put two different animation styles like in terms of like frame rates together and all different animation styles of all the Spider Men and sort of intermerge them. It's just so good. Like it was my favorite yeah. film of two two years ago when it came out. 
Um, and mm-hmm. it, it's a bit, it might, some people might say, oh, it's a bit too early, a bit too quick to say it's you know, one of the better, best animated films of all time or whatever. I would say, um, I would say it's one of the best, I, I, I would say it was one of the best films of that year. Probably the, mm-hmm. for me, it was the best, but like, I, I'm surprised it didn't get nominated for like, it annoys me actually that they don't really nominate animated films with normal sort of standard Oscars or best picture Oscars or whatever. I'm rambling now, but what I will say is um, if you haven't seen this film and you think, oh, I'm done with superhero films or whatever, you're making a mistake because it's so much more than just a superhero film. It's really is much more than that. The soundtrack works so well with it. Oh, it's just like every part of it, they just hit, they just absolutely hit the, the, the ball at the park. And um, yeah, I just love this film. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Okay, so um, what was it? we are going to wave bye bye to Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh, but Johnny, do you want to say anything about <laughs> Spider Man or Fantastic Mr. Fox before we go? I was going to say. So, like, Fantastic Mr. Fox, I know at the time we kind of, we kind of said that um, it was just maybe just a touch slow, but a great looking film, really good animation. The amount of time that was spent creating each of the the characters in it, um, you know, it was just really great to look at. Um, and yeah, tough competition from from Spider Man. I think really what what draws me more to Spider Man is the the story of it. It's just a little bit more going on, a little bit more interesting. Animation wise, I think they're both kind of on par for me. They're doing different things, but I just think the story of Spider-Man is a bit more of an interesting watch. And going to the cinema to see uh, Spider-Man uh, with Ant in Wakefield, of all places, yeah. um, it was a really cool experience, a really weird 80s vibe in cinema. Um, Felt like we were in Stranger Things, didn't it? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, I remember like, like a mirrored ceiling as well. This is yeah. bizarre. I know we we both came out of that <laughs> and we were just like, oh yeah, definitely going to get that on Blu-ray when it comes out. And there's not there's not loads of films where you come out and just be like, yeah, hundred percent going to watch that again. I'm going to get Blu-ray on release. But that was that was one of them. Um, so I think that that takes the the spot for me. Uh, really over yeah, the two. Yeah. Right, so right, so right. Aaron, do you want to go right through so. the, uh, the 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 list of the up, up and down? All right, so at the bottom, we've got Annalisa, the Lego Movie, and Fantastic Mr. Fox. And on the top, we've got The Jungle Book, Triples to Belleville, and Spider-Man, Into the Spider-Verse. So what we're going to do is we're going to let me choose uh, the favorites. No, um, so we'll do the bottom three first, right, starting from number six. This is the order I'm thinking, but we can disagree and swap round. But I'm thinking Annalisa, bottom... Lego Movie, second from bottom. Fantastic Mr. Fox, number four. That's the order I think it should go I in. Am, I am happy to go with that because, yeah, I think... I did enjoy Pizza Flamelita, but I enjoyed more of Lego Movie, definitely. And Fantastic Mr. Fox is just like... I mean, maybe it's partly because of childhood memories of reading the book, but um, I much prefer that sort of film over Lego Movie. Just it's just a slower film and more digestible. And um, yeah, I, I'm happy with that that order, Johnny. I I would swap Lego and An- Animalisa around. Um, so Lego, Animalisa, and then Fantastic Mr. Fox. I'd say. 
would be for me, which is probably slightly um, contentious, but uh, that's <laughs> that's where I, that's where I, I I would place it. I think like yeah, Lego Movie for me, it just there there was a bit of great in there just with uh, some elements of it, and it was like pouring sherbet into your eyes. Sometimes you need that sherbet. <laughs> Keep you awake. There's uh, there's undercurrent messages that are going to make me become a better person. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Annalisa sucked. <laughs> Do you know what? This is it, actually. You know what? Right. The Lego movie Annalisa, right, are poor representations of both those directors because, like, 21 Jump Street is just very, 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 very funny. So just go watch that instead of watching the Lego movie, I think. Yeah. Or Clyde with a chance of meatballs. And if you if you've got kids, definitely don't show them Anna Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I'm I'm sorry, Johnny, I'm happy to put it bottom. Like I enjoyed parts of it, but I think overall it didn't do a lot for me compared to like like a movie the the, the story was uh, yeah. But at least it had some at least it was doing something a bit fresh at the time in terms of visuals. Like even though like, it was a bit too overwhelming, I kinda like what it inspired, and I think it, it probably will bring on other interesting films. It feels like you're picking the less of two poisons here, right? Yeah, yeah, I am, I am. I don't really, I don't really care that much. I could have, a, I happily soften around either way, but like, yeah. Let's go for the top three. Okay, that's all right. So the bottom three, uh, from bottom to top. Uh, animally so the Lego movie and Fantastic Mr. Fox right so now we've got Spider-Man Jungle Book and Trippers to Belleville does anyone want to shout out in an order and then we'll we'll dis- discuss whether it's good or I not I mean you know what I'm going to say <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go obviously Triplets first no uh, I'm going to go <laughs> Triplets Jungle Book Spider-Man that's my they're about to be my uh, my three yeah I would go Jungle Book Triplets Spider-Man I think I'm being quite modest with with my suggestions. I'm not going to go yeah, for top are. spot on 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 either. Yes, oh, man. Um, Aaron, just go with your gut, mate. Just, just, just do just it. Say it's what fine. you want. If, if, if oh well, my no, my gut, my gut is triplets, bottom Jungle Book, then Spider Man. That's that's my gut. That's my definitely, definitely. That's my gut. Um, you know. It's disgusting that Triplets is third. Uh, yeah, right. Triplets, Triplets has the nice dog. <laughs> Jungle Book. What did you like about the Jungle Book? Um, what did I like about it? Um, I didn't really love much about it. I think it's like one of my least favorite Disney films. And that's not to say that it's bad. I just think both these films have pretty ropey wrist stuff in them, and it just annoys me. This just me personally. Just annoys. I don't. I don't. You know. I don't. I'm not. Just not a fan of either of those things on that basis. Um, and I just think Spider-Man is probably one of the best animated films ever made. I think it's one of. It's my definitely my favorite Marvel film ever made. I think it's one of the best films I've ever seen. I like love it. Love it. Love, I mean, I think I quite easily. If we had like a challenge of, you know, could we watch Spider-Man? once a week for a year. I think I could oh, make mate, a good go of it. Don't give us ideas for a podcast. That would be <laughs> um, so much of a commitment. 
I think every single character in that film, bad or good, is flawless. I think the way it's animated is absolutely spectacular. I think the action scenes um, are just so astoundingly beautiful to watch like that end sequence is phenomenal and even though like it is like visually it is like pouring brightly colored sugar into your eyes it unlike the lego movie it's very palatable yeah i agree yeah and it uses you know? it uses that palette well like it uses like the we're talking about like the yeah you t- at the end you're saying it's like the visual noise and stuff is like of the all the crazy stuff going on it's it fits part it fits well with the with the story of the of the interconnecting universes and the and the collider and everything like it sort of mm-hmm. and to the the crescendo of the film it all sort of fits i feel absolutely and i think as well like in terms of like the message in like the lego movie for example but it's so blatantly obvious that you know for some people it's it's not you know, you, you don't enjoy that. Whereas, like, the messages inside the in Spider-Man film, because they're definitely, is, they are definitely there, they are much easier to stomach. They aren't as in your face about it. And they are more complicated, I guess, in terms of how they come across. Um, and I think, as a podcast, like, to say we glorify Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse as being our top Western animation. I think it feels right. It feels good to do that. I think that's what people should, you know, it, it, I would happily like, you know, hang that banner, I guess, to say that Into the Spider-Verse is the best film for us as a podcast, personally, for Western animation. Um, I'm happy with Jungle Book to be second because it is a Disney classic and Trips to Belleville. Like, you know, even though I wasn't super into it, it's quite a, unique and interesting western animation film and it is a good third i think you know it is a good third film um and i think between that list of the top three you've got quite a diverse yeah choice yeah cool so exhausted i think johnny unless you want to no i'll i'll happily leave it there um Clutching between straws of second and third place. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I definitely prefer Triplets over Jungle Book, um, mm-hmm. just because I chose it. And um, yeah, there's there's more of a kind of recognizable. Um, that's probably not the right right word, but I enjoyed the story more and just a bit more up my well the, i mean jungle Book doesn't really have much of a story is it it's like very simple whereas whereas triplets is trying to do something a bit more like it's trying to subvert your expectations a little bit of what's going to happen and stuff so yeah yeah it's actually it goes on. to some more unusual places um and yeah it's just something that's just a bit more up my street and is probably aimed at a slightly older audience which i am mm. so yeah but mm. i'll take third place Nice. Nice. Well, I think I think that's it. I think I think uh, and you've won it again for like is that the third one? I don't even know. I think it's second. Okay, I got the water. I got the water, and I got this one. What I would say is the only reason you got Spider Verse is because you got in there first. All right. So let's just I was point out if you didn't choose it, I was choosing it. So. So going forward, I think we're gonna we talked about this in the past. We've got some ideas about how we're gonna mix up the podcast. Um, 
we're not quite sure. We're not, we're not quite there yet, but you know, stay, stay, stay tuned for that. We'll hopefully uh, mix it up a little bit, try some di other different things out because I mean, we enjoyed. I think we enjoyed this animation series. It's been good, but it, ha it has gone a little bit long. So we're gonna try and maybe think about other ways we can mix up the, the pod. Yeah, but um, absolutely. Yeah, I got, I mean, it's, so, cause it's so easy to pick six amazing films and then like. I guess it's it's tricky when you want to like debate them and stuff. So yeah, we, we've got some got some ideas. We'll we'll, we'll let we'll let you know. But um, next week we're doing our Mandalorian special with some guests. Side quest. Yeah, yeah. It's been quest, a while, isn't it? It's been a long while. Sidetracked. Yeah. We've not done a side quest for a long time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've got some guests on, and we're talking about Mandalorian, aren't we? Yeah. So so if you want to get in contact with us, uh, you can find us on Instagram. And you can find us at the movie quest, or if you want to send us an email and tell us that our list is wrong, and that triplet should be number one, and Anna, Anna Melissa should be like <laughs> number two, then just let us know on uh, podcast at themoviequest.com. Um, yeah, let us know your thoughts on any of the films uh, that we've watched, or if you've got any ideas for any new seasons, uh, that would be great. And uh, yeah, yeah, thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you next yeah. time. That was super. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Thanks for being with us. And uh, yeah. into the Spider Worcester winner. Yes!